welcome to I Love You Anyway. This is episode 110, my friends. Uh, my name is Justin White. I think you probably know that by now, unless you're just now arriving. And if so, welcome. Welcome to any and all. Um, I've been crazy busy trying to make a whole bunch of art for a show that I just had, or ha- I'm having. And um, so the podcast has been yet again pushed a little bit toward them back burners, but um, I'm bringing it back up to the front and I'm excited because this time I got to talk to an old friend of mine. Uh, We've known each other probably close to 30 years, but we've had very few chances to hang out or to talk one-on-one. Um, and this is maybe the, it's certainly the most, it's the, it's the longest we've gotten to do that. And it was fun and, uh, could have kept going. But, uh, my friend this week, this week, (laughs) if only my friend, this, uh, installment is, uh, Alice Shaw and she's super awesome in a lot of ways. And she does a lot of things and we're going to talk about them. And then at the end, I'll tell you how to learn more about them and her and, you know, all that jazz. But, um, hmm, yeah, let's just get into it. Um, I falsely, uh, identify her in the first couple statements I make, but she corrects me and, um, we go on smoothly from there, but, uh, just let, let it be known that that was my mistake and not hers. All right. Uh, I love you. I'll talk to you on the other end. Bye. It's usually pretty loose, and I just like to talk about lots of different stuff. I like I like personal stuff. I like uh, I like hearing about how people grew up and what kind of you know how their lives were shaped by their childhoods. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then specifically, I wanted to ask you about your channeling work and and all of that. Um, okay. If you're into talking about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I'm curious to know when the when you started channeling and how it came about. Like if that was something you've always had an ability around, or if you if it's a more recent discovery. Yeah, it's um, so. First of all, uh, what I do is not called channeling. Okay, it's, sorry. Um, I, no, most people call it channeling. Um, channeling is when when you're getting information from like a, another entity right. and, and uh, like a medium is, is somebody who channels like someone who can contact the dead and, um, and, and kind of speak 
they're speaking through the the medium or the channeler. Um, what I do is uh, clairvoyance, and so I, we we all have intuition. You know, animals use their intuition. They all know there's an earthquake coming before there's an earthquake, yep. and we're animals, but we've learned we've we've lost that ability. We've we rely too much on words and um, and we get too much in our own heads <laughs> a lot of the time. And so, so we all have that. We all know, you know, you think about somebody and they call on the phone and, but the reason I, I went to school and learned how to hone in these school, these skills is I was, when I was living in the mission, I was walking home one night and for some reason, I took a different route. And in the two minutes before I walked into uh, a man holding a gun, <laughs> um, my intuition was was screaming at me and telling me to turn around. All oh. these things were happening. Like my t- shoelace came untied and this guy started talking to me from a building. And, and I was like, what's going on? And then... I looked up and there was this man pointing a gun at me. And after that happened, I realized I got to learn how to use this better. Yeah. Because it was not, it was not serving me right. And, and before all this happened, I'd, I'd been kind of interested in all of it. I met a, an allergy reversalist. She was this woman who uh, could cure any allergies. And then pretty soon she could cure anything. Holy shit. Yeah. And, and so I saw it in action. I was like, this is something that's possible. I want to learn more about it. And she tells me that the the universe gives us nudges. If we're not on the path that we're supposed to be on, it gives us nudges. And if we're really not listening, it gives us smacks. Right. And I felt like that robbery at gunpoint was a smack. Yeah, I'll say (laughs) <laughs> and it was trying to put me on this other path. It was trying to tell me like, you're supposed to be learning this and doing this. And so I uh, probably, I don't know, three months before that, somebody had told me about the school in the mission, Psychic Horizons. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go visit. And I, I went and then I went to school there for about three years. And um, it was completely life-changing. Wow. It it gave me this belief system. They didn't teach me a belief system. They just showed me a belief system. And you're like, well, I saw that. So now I believe in it. Nice. And it's, um, it's, it's really, it, it, it's gotten rid of a lot of anxieties. Um, you just kind of watch the world happen. It's almost like you see the world as the screen in front of you and everything's happening on the screen and, and you're, you're connected to it, but you're not uh, so deep in it that your emotions are, are kind of skewed. Right. It's, it's it's been um, a a crazy journey. Um, I have teamed up with my friend, Lisa Z. We have, um, a, a site, a company called Pivot Pivot Workshops, and before the pandemic, we had started teaching these courses that teach people really how 
how tuned in they are to things. And, and they're super fun, these classes. We have these three classes we teach. Uh, we haven't resumed them because the pandemic is still with us. Um, and, and right now we're working on uh, some, some meditation videos, but we're slowly going to launch some things to help people really hone in these skills and, and not have to uh, go to school for three years and <laughs> give yeah. up everything else to learn how to do it because we all have it. And, and I think people have it in, in varying amounts. For sure. Yeah. yeah, I definitely believe that. I, I think we all have, I mean, we certainly, every, everyone has access to intuition if they choose to, to listen to it, I believe. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. I, you know, one thing I realize is the less we think about ourselves and the more we think outward, we, we see these coincidences happening all around us all the time. We, if we're paying attention to our thoughts that are not, um, woe is me, <laughs> uh, and, and just what's kind of coming in, then, then we'll, we'll see that, you know, see these connections between the thought and something that's happening outside of ourselves. Or right. even when we pay attention to our, our dreams, we can, we can see, oh, this is, this was about something that happened yesterday, or sometimes we dream about the future. It's right. Fun. Yeah. Kind it's fun. Yeah. When you're all, you're tuned in, it's, it's really fun. I, I'm trying to teach my kid, he's six years old, um, how to tune into things. And he did something the other day that was really funny. I'll, I'll tell you this little story. We were sitting around the table and, and we had some, uh, we're having some, we, we made some, you know, white people tacos <laughs> and, uh, and we had a jar of that paste salsa okay and, and somebody said you know i actually love this salsa and someone else said yeah me too and and someone said where do you think they make it and my kid not knowing anything about this he said i think they make it in paris and we all laughed like ha 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 that's really funny and i turned the bottle over and it said paris texas oh wow <laughs> that's awesome. so he was tuned into something right totally. you yeah. know it didn't surprise me it surprised everyone else at the table yeah, I'm sure you're used to seeing it everywhere now that you're you're kind of tapped into that. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I my intuition has been my my truest guide my whole life, and uh, it, it took me a while to figure it out. And to you know, I had to do. Thankfully, I was never robbed at gunpoint, but I, <laughs> but I certainly had a lot of close calls and really dumb, you know, put myself in dumb situations. Uh, by not listening, okay. and so I've learned now that it's it's kind of the it's just an automatic thing. It's like you have to you have to follow that hunch, whatever it is, and whenever it occurs. Um, yeah. And I've and I've also always been seeking some sort of guidance, some sort of spiritual teaching or something. And I and I the reason I falsely referred to you as a channel is that I've I've been following this channel, Paul Selig. I don't, know if yeah. you've heard of I don't know who that is. No, he's amazing. And he, he's a channel for the living. He doesn't do people who have passed, but um, I mean, he can, he, t he can, he can tune into them, but it's them as they were when they were alive. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, it's really cool. He can, he can sort of, you know, check in on you and 
you know, your estranged family member, or he, he can tune into you at your, as your higher self and sort of hear the message that you want to be speaking, even though you might not know what it is. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so, but yeah, I, more and more I'm working on, I mean, I'm, I might have to sign up for one of your classes. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. The workshop. I, I watched something that you did with Lisa, um, and you were talking, you were sort of taking turns talking about Ukraine and what was going on there and, and had some, what sounded like some premonitions about the, how that will unravel. Yeah, we, we've been doing some YouTube videos and, and going into meditation and looking at things. And when you go into meditation, you're, you're not using your own judgments. Mm-hmm. and it's just information that's flowing in. So it, it's fun. You you know, you can have your own thoughts about things or your own opinions, but when you go into meditation, you get things that are that are more pure in their form. Right. So that's why we've been doing that, to look at things without, without an opinion. Uh-huh. You know, you were just talking about looking for, um, like, uh, I think you maybe said a higher self or um, some sort of guidance. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of come to my own conclusion about what God is. And I, w- I was studying coincidence recently and reading up on a lot of things that people uh, think coincidence is. Because sometimes these things happen and things are so lined up, it's it's kind of unbelievable. Right. Um I'll tell you another story. I was I was riding my bike down 11th Street in San Francisco a couple of years ago, and I was riding alongside this little old mustard-colored Datsun truck, and I was like, "Wow, you don't see very many of those anymore because they're they're old and there <laughs> aren't that many of them left." And I was riding along and listening to the guy change gears, and and I um. And when I made that thought, like, wow, you really don't see very many of these anymore. Another one pulled in from a side street <laughs> and went right behind it for one block and then pulled away. And it was one of those moments where I was like, yes, awesome. <laughs> it's, it's when things completely let your thoughts line up with with the the world, the outside world. Yeah. And and so I. I you were talking about paying attention to your intuition and, and some people, and I I agree with this. They think that God is this other self that walks along with us in life. And if we're paying attention, it's like they're just in front of us trying to guide us in the right direction. And they always have our best interest at heart. Mm Mm-hmm. And if we're, if we're following, if we're, and, and maybe that is just our intuition, this, this being or whatever, this energy, whatever it is, is really just our intuition. But if we're following it, we go in the right path and, and we, we go the safe way and maybe the interesting way too, but it, but you can really look at people and and tell whether they're paying attention 
to that side of themselves. Yeah. Because some people are just a hot mess, right? Yeah. <laughs> Seems like it, yeah. Yeah, I mean there's they're lost. They're looking for some something to follow, but that it's not anything trusted like that. Right, because they're not they don't believe in God, but by not believing in God, they're not believing in themselves. Right. And you know, a lot of people like to blame God. Well, maybe maybe you should blame yourself instead of this this <laughs> Yeah. Well I think I mean organized religion is at fault for all of that. Oh right. Being misconstrued, yeah. right? I mean it the the actual God that we're talking about has nothing to do with what's in those books. That right. Right. Exactly. Mankind. It's a personal um, thing. Like what we're yeah. talking about is something that's completely personal. Right. I mean, some people would call that Christ consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Same, same thing. Or, um, I mean, I don't, I personally, I don't think it matters what you call it. And I understand why people have resistance to the word God. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. For it's thousands of years it's been misused and usually to oppress and yeah. you know, torture, but, um, or at least to control. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, I think what you're talking about is totally accurate and it and there's no harm in calling that God or or calling it whatever you want. It's if it's just straight intuition, um that still in my book trumps science every time. And uh <laughs> right. that, like it it's not a it's not a manufactured ideology. It's a it's like a an internal knowing. Right. Right. And it's and it's so personal. And, totally. Yeah, different and, for every one of us. Right. And religion was probably invented to teach people to pay attention to that, but it's gotten it's gotten a little out of hand. <laughs> yeah, it was co-opted to to rule the masses. Yeah. But um so that so in in your prior to that hold up did you have were you sort of resistant to any kind of belief in this sort of thing or did, or was it just, it hadn't been introduced to you yet or how, how did you approach? That? I, well, I didn't grow up religious at all. Uh -huh. it's, it's kind of funny because my dad uh, was, well, my parents are hippies, but the hippies somehow they wanted to look like Jesus and live like Jesus, but they rejected his religion, which I think right. is kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, so I, I didn't really have a, a belief system. I, I think I was a little cynical. Yeah. And, and so that cynicism is gone. I think along with the cynicism, maybe my sense of humor is gone too, but, but my sense of humor maybe was a little more biting before. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's um, interesting. I've always, I've always wondered about that. Um, if sense of humor would, would go away if, if you started to be just really kind and, and loving and thoughtful all the time. Right. Right. And, and I feel like <laughs> it, it has to a, a certain point. Um, Do you feel like you still recognize it? Like you can still watch a movie or a show and laugh? Oh yeah. Oh no. I, I'm just talking about myself. I see it in other things. Of, yeah. of course there are things that are, that are just funny, but, but you know, I, I think a lot of people are mean funny. Yeah. They, they say mean things, but but they laugh after they say it. So so they're presenting it as if it's 
a joke, but it's not a joke. It's it's biting and it's bitter. Yeah, and there's always a, a victim. There's always somebody on the other side of it that is the target. Right. right. Yeah. Um, I think to be truly funny without doing that is is hard for some people. Yeah, I think it might just be hard in general, uh, or maybe that's just how we were trained to think that humor has to have a you know a, a dupe. There has to be somebody who get who is the brunt of the joke. Oh right, or they're just, or it's just cr- kind of crass. Yeah, there's a lot of that too. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. yeah. I'm, what do you think about like the current state of of human expression? Because it, it's because it seems like so much of it has gone toward like hyper violence and mean spirited humor and that kind of stuff, ultra crass. Yeah. Yeah, I um I have to say I've checked out a little bit. Yeah. Um when uh our last president was kind of in office towards the end, I, it was so stressful for me. I just pretty much stopped listening to the news. Yeah, I had the same experience. I mean, I yeah, I I haven't been watching the news for many years, but I I definitely proactively tuned out uh during his run. Yeah. Um, um Sorry, go ahead. I I think well, I'm not a young person now, so I um <laughs> I'm not really paying attention to things like my kid was just playing me his two favorite songs and I was like, "Oh my god, I have to spend 3 minutes listening to this." Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not anything that I'm interested in. <laughs> right. Which isn't even a judgment. It's just it's just the truth, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think generally in in the world we're we're in this 
man, we're, we're in some strange um, growing pains, I think. Yeah. And I'll tell you something I read that I've been thinking about and really looking at is in, I, I don't know that much about astrology, but there's this, this theory that every 2000 years we go into a new era. Uh-huh. And so we're coming out of the era, the age of the individual and, and every, every era has its pluses and its minuses. So the, let me back up a little bit. So before the age of the individual, there was the, um, the tribal era and the tribal era, um, was great because everyone really held together, but then they were terrified of anyone outside of their tribe. Right. And they were influenced by the tribal leader. Well, then the age of the individual came. That was also around the same time Jesus was born Mm -hmm. and people started thinking for themselves. So that's also when artists started signing their own paintings because they weren't doing them for the the group. They were doing them for themselves. Yeah. And so then people started to think for themselves. They weren't thinking the same way the tribe was, but then they became very selfish. And when you look at certain things, like you, you look at Hitler, Hitler was trying to bring the age, the tribal era into the age of the individual. Hmm. And it, it wasn't going to work. He did a lot of damage, but it wasn't going to work. Right. And now we're, we're moving into, we're 22 years into um, the age of symbolism. And it's the age of Aquarius. And, and so they had these predictions. They thought that, communication around the globe was going to be easier. And that is, mm-hmm. um, they thought that people were going to look for like-minded people instead of people who looked like them. So it doesn't matter what your race or religion is, as long as you, you think the same way, which that, that can be a plus and, and it could be a minus too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but, but right now we're at the beginning of it and there are people who are on board or they're not. Another thing they predicted was that people were going to start being stewards of the earth. And, um, and you can really see where there are the people who are like, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with this. And the people who are like, no, like the, like the, com- the um, conference when uh, the Republicans were all yelling, drill, baby, drill. You know, they're like, no, we need oil, oil, oil. <laughs> because they say that the, change is really the thing that people are afraid of most in life. Uh huh. And so there are the people who are on board who are like, okay, let's, let's make this whole new world. And the people who really want to hang on to the way things were. And I think you really see that in the politics right now. Um, you, you sure. see it uh, with some of these shootings that are almost all young white males. Yep. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a strange time. It's a strange time. I think, you know, it, I, I had a friend who was visiting and he's 80 years old. And he said, you know, you can't just be a good old boy anymore. He was, mm-hmm. he was observing things and it's true. It's like, you can't just be a white guy and, and, and get the job. They're going to pick the person who's best qualified for it. Yeah. And, and uh, that's a, that's a shift. 
And some people don't, aren't willing to let go of that yet. Yeah. The good old boys aren't willing to let go. Yeah. So, so to me, I think we're in the beginning of, of this, this big shift and, and there's resistance to it. Yeah. And I think that's where some of the violence is coming from. Um, yeah, I agree. I think you're totally right. I think it's, it, I've, I've heard it, uh, I've heard it called a reckoning too. It's yeah. just sort of everybody you know, actually having to witness what we're doing, what we've all decided, you know, whether, whether we think we're complicit or not, the human race has collectively come to this point and, uh, you know, we're, some of us are in agreement with it and think this is how it should be. And a lot of us are not mm-hmm. and sort of at a loss for how to change it. Um, yeah. And I, I feel like, I mean, my belief, which is, has always been sort of fluid and, and more recently is uh, crystallizing a bit um, is just that we as individuals, the, the power that we do have is to, lead the life that we would like for ourselves and, you know, to be, to try to express ourselves as truly as we can and with love. And, uh, and that actually is a form of being of service just by doing that Um, helps others learn that they can do the same and that, you know, you don't have to fight over these ridiculous prescribed differences. Uh, yeah. And we can move past it. You know, I was I was in uh, a couple of years ago. I was in Denmark, and one thing I really noticed while I was there was people kind of just stayed in their own lane. <laughs> uh-huh. And and I realized in the United States, you have people fighting for people who haven't asked for the fight. You know, or yeah. you have somebody you just have people getting in each other's business a lot and 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 after visiting a different country i was like that well that's really odd and is it is it really helpful is it creating causing more problems yeah i think those are good questions to be asking yeah you know we're talking about about change and when i turned 50 I blew out my birthday candles and I made a wish and I said, I want everything to change. And I meant everything in my life. And I didn't quite know what, what I wanted it to be. I just, I just knew that things were the same for too long. So the first thing that happened was I uh, lost my apartment in San Francisco that I'd been in for 22 years. And how, how quickly did that happen? After oh, about two weeks after I blew out the candles. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay, here we go. And I didn't know where I wanted to go or it, it was. And, and I have to say it was a long process and it was not an easy process. So that, that was the first thing that changed. Then um, I ended up adopting my nephew who um, is, he's almost seven now. And so that was a huge change. And I'm still in some ways shifting out of, out of the old Alice and into the new Alice. And it's, 
it's probably what I'm 56 now. So it's been six years and I'm, I'm almost completely a different person than I was six years ago. Wow. That's <laughs> and, awesome. Yeah. And, and it hasn't been without its, um, it, it's, I don't know, problems and bumps and yeah. um, misery or whatever you want. <laughs> but, but it's, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know exactly what I wanted, but I, I knew that I needed something different. Wow. And, uh, and yeah, so I, I live in the country now and um, I have a resident fox with her little, like I think they call them kits. Yep. That are living underneath the, or my woodshed. And oh, that's super cute. <laughs> it's I fun. Wish I, had, I wish I had a box friend to <laughs> yeah. visit with every day. Right. It's uh, it's what my soul needed now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and and you and you felt that you knew that. I did. And yeah. That and you manifested the change, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, I think if I knew exactly what I wanted, it would be easier. <laughs> Than just saying I need change instead of saying okay, this is exactly what I want. But, but where um, would the mystery of life be then? It's true. Yeah, if you just knew exactly what you wanted and how to get it. it yeah, doesn't, doesn't make any sense. I mean, I think our that's the part of the fun of living, and even when it's not fun, it's it's the joy and the in, the excitement of being a conscious being who who can kind of you know change at will and and with the surroundings and and can actually change the surroundings by changing yourself right and there, there's a surprise of it i think that's the fun part yeah you know sometimes you're like oh i didn't know i wanted that right. <laughs> yeah that's really cool i'm i might have to try the same i mean I, I think it is pretty it's pretty dangerous to get comfortable with your routine. Like, I think you, you do start to lose yourself and lose sight of the, the bigger picture. If you get if, like, if all your needs are met and you're just doing what you're doing. Yeah. Day, I think you, you can get lost in that and forget that there's this whole other experience to have. Yeah. I had a friend, he, uh, he moved to, he moved from Michigan back to the Bay area and he and his wife were looking for a house and they, they were having a really hard time and they, they found this house and he said, Alice, it's my dream house. Mm -hmm. And my wife has her dream job. And my, my friend's like, wow, they're all set. And I said, no, they're not. <laughs> you, that, you're, you're never set. You're never like, okay, now it's his turn to turn to get a dream job or find something for himself. Right. And then, and you never know what's going to happen, right? You never know what's, what's down the road. But I think as human beings, we're always, we're always seeking. Yeah. We're always looking for things or, or constantly learning, even if we don't know we're learning or, or we're not trying to. Yeah. And some people resist the learning, you know, if, if it means being uncomfortable. Right. I oh, yeah. Yeah. Some that's... people do not like to be uncomfortable. Yeah, at all, ever. <laughs> but I think that's like one of our biggest failings as a as a species is that we somehow convinced ourselves that that was the number one priority was like comfort and, you know, convenience. Exactly. 
and, mm. and that turned us into these weird automatons that think like, <laughs> as long as I do this and this and this, then everything will play out as the, as the rule book says. Exactly. And I'll get that couch and whatever yeah. else. The... <laughs> it, all, it all comes down to that couch. If I, that one couch. I mean, it, it's, it sounds ridiculous, but that, that is how a lot of people think. It's just like, oh, if I, I just need this one last, you know, Amazon order. Right. <laughs> but there's always an Amazon order after that Amazon order. It's, yeah, it's, it's well, like, and, it was, and it arrived in 10 minutes. So it's not like the satisfaction is, you know, <laughs> no, there's not that much buildup. It's like, well, I got it. <laughs> there's no waiting. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. I think that's such a shitty way to, to exist. I, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I, I'm saddened by it on some level because it seems like it's so pervasive, um, and yeah. I'm, and I'm sort of, I'm agitated because I don't, I want people to, you know, be shaken out of that stupor a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I also recognize, or I'm starting to, to learning how to recognize that it's really not my job to get anybody else. Like, I mean, I, I might have a sworn duty to myself to, to try to live in a certain way that, you know, perhaps will help others see a different uh, alternative, but it's never my responsibility or my, you know, it, it, I can't do it. I can't make somebody else change. So I have to give up on that. <laughs> yeah. Stop thinking that I can say, Hey, everybody, you know, try it this way and then have everyone follow. Right. Just you, uh, by being, you can, you can do that. I'm my friend Lisa and I, we do clairvoyant readings and we, we also teach and, um, it's, you, you can't, you can't make somebody do it. You can't make somebody get a reading or, or, go to a class you have to you have to let them right because if they're not ready they're not even going to hear the information that you have yeah to share and then and sometimes the more you're pushing the less somebody wants i mean that's how i am oh, yeah. i don't respond well <laughs> to the hard sell at all right yeah i know even if it's something that's good for me or i might even want it I'm, i'll be resistant if somebody's pushing it on me exactly exactly and i mean one of the reasons we started teaching is we're like, ah, we know exactly what people need, but you can't, you know, you can't make them eat broccoli just because it's good for them. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe you can, but then they'll be full of resentment. Exactly. (laughs) They're really going to want a candy bar after that piece of broccoli. I'll show them (laughs) three pieces of broccoli and 12 snicker bars. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, that, well, so now that you, I, I mean, I, I, I sort of covet what you described in, in terms of like sort of watching the world as, I mean, you, I think you said on a screen, but just it, with, a, with some level of. Uh, I want to say well, distance. Yeah, distance. I was going to say detachment, but that's not right. But dis- distance is that's that's what sounds good. It's like you know you know that you're a part of it, and you 
know that what your actions have some sort of influence on the whole mm-hmm. and and the whole has an influence on you but but not to the degree that you're paralyzed by fear or by you know disgust of certain behaviors or any, anything like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so is that something that i mean how how is that taught how how would somebody how would you go about presenting that to someone I know it's a bigger thing that sort of comes well, with other stuff. Um, my friend Lisa is always using, you know, stay in your own lane. And mm-hmm. and when I went to school, clairvoyant school, they teach you where your boundaries are. They teach you where your own personal boundary is and where other people's boundaries are. And a lot of people who end up going to classes like those or schools or learning that kind of stuff it's not it in some ways it's a it is a way to get distance because if you're an empathic person you can feel other people's feelings and you don't even you think they're your feelings right and and so there's all this overlap with other people and then you think you need to help other people and do things for other people. And then you realize, oh, they're on their own path. They need to learn these things. I can help, I can help them along that path, but I don't have to jump on their path. Right. And, um, and so like if somebody is, is hurting and they're, they're sad, it's not going to help them if I'm hurting and I'm sad with them right? (laughs) If I'm feeling their feelings, it's not going to really help them. I can help them. If there's something they need, I could get it for them, or I can make them comfortable. And that is way more helpful than joining in with them in their, their grief or whatever they're feeling. Yeah. So, so learning to separate from other people and knowing what's your information and, and what's, what are, what your feelings are and understanding where somebody else is mm-hmm. is it's it's so valuable and did you do that sort of energetically or were, were you seeing somebody's auric field or could you like how do you yeah you you figure out i mean they tell you where it is and and you go into meditation and you look at it and you um and you see if there are holes in it or how big it is. And then you, and then you work with your classmates and, and you figure out where theirs are and, and see if you can repair them. I remember uh, a couple of classes. I think that was in, in our step two class. You, um, putting my hands on somebody's aura and saying, Oh yeah, it's, it looks good, but it doesn't go down below his feet. And the, and the, the guy I was working on, he said, Oh yeah, I've heard that before. (laughs) And yeah. And so, so it's his job to to now to make the, make his aura go down below his feet. Yeah. There was another woman I was, when we started to look for pictures I was looking at her aura and someone said, do you see anything inside of it? And I was like, well, uh, I see a dragon (laughs) thinking like, what is this? And she goes, oh yeah, someone's told me that before. Wow. Um, And so then, then there are things that you can consciously move out of your own space. 
you can push things out and you're like, okay, I don't want that person. And you learn, you learn to separate from your day and you learn to separate from other people around you. With my kid, when, when he goes to sleep at night, I have him take a big deep breath and let it out. And I say, good, good night day. And he he'll take a yawn. And sometimes he goes right to sleep. Nice. Well, we go through this process of separating from everybody we saw during the day and, and just moving them away. And, and then he's free to go to sleep because I think those things that we've experienced can keep us up. Definitely. Cause we're kind of reliving them for sure. And sometimes right into the dream state. Right. Yeah. That's a really good practice. That's a great yeah. idea. I'm going to start trying that. <laughs> good day. Yeah. yeah. Good night day. And then you, you just take every person that you talk to and you say good night to them and you make, and you just send them back their, in, their energy. Wow. That's a really cool thing. And, it, can... and I think you could probably do that throughout the day, right? If there's somebody that you're feeling weird vibes from, you can just, lovingly return that and say no thank you yep yep have your energy back yeah yeah i'm working on a song about that nice so, <laughs> um, so so when you said that like you're you know a completely different person than you were six years ago uh or or what you know however long how how do you relate to that to the old alice do you is do you think fondly of that person or think is it someone you recognize oh yeah it's it, it is somebody i recognize but i recognize somebody who had um a harder life um uh was a little maybe more confused <laughs> i you know it's hard for me to know what's what at this point i um i had this these 3 months that were so intense that it's hard for me to know how to separate them. I was adopting a three-year-old, going through menopause, and taking care of somebody who was dying all at the same time. <laughs> and it was it was the hardest three months of my entire life. Yeah, and, how could it not be? And I came out the other side of that, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I survived that. Oh, and I was teaching three classes and running a lecture series at the same Holy time. Christ. And, and so it was, it was, it was, it was intense. And so I, I kind of, it's hard for me on the other side of that to separate things out. Yeah. <laughs> like, how am I different? Like, yeah. Yeah. What, what has changed? Like definitely being on the other side of menopause is a, a huge shift. I remember my friend saying, Oh, I'm so glad my hormones aren't make deciding my relationships for me anymore. <laughs> oh man. I thought that was really funny. That's funny. <laughs> Does it really feel that like controlling the, when the hormones are yeah. active? Yeah. It's like you, you just can't make your own decisions. Yeah, it's just different. It, it, it's yeah, it's uh they're they're kind of in charge more than you think. Wow. And, yeah. and so you notice a definite relief from that, a release? Yeah, maybe that, that word distance is 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 okay. good. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and then being a parent changed everything, too. 
for sure. And and the the way in which you became a parent, yes, yeah. uh, was not necessary. I mean, ultimately, it was your choice, I presume. Right. But you didn't set out to to be a parent, right? Right. Another one of those places where you're like, oh, I didn't know I wanted this. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, at one point, I did say, I would like to meet a short, stocky Latino man, and then I. Uh, <laughs> adopted a short stocky little latino dude <laughs> i was like well you gotta watch out for what you ask for yeah you you said i want to meet you didn't say i want a parent for the rest of your life <laughs> right you know we were um earlier we were talking about manifesting and one thing i learned when i went to psychic horizons was the power of of manifestation and and when you say you wish you had something, that's kind of saying that somebody else has something that you don't have. But right. if you say, I want something, then it, it will come to you faster. I also, I realized when I verbalize the things I want to manifest, they come faster than if I keep them internal. Right. And when I lived in San Francisco... I would manifest the things I would find on the street all the time. I did the same thing. I'm so glad you say that because so many people don't believe me when I say the, that that happened and it happened all the time. <laughs> Do you have some examples? Yeah. Well, you know, you live in the mission and people just leave things out in front of their house. Right. Right. And uh, one time I was, I was baking something and I realized we were out of salt and I was like, Oh dang. Okay. I'll run to the, corner store and get some salt and I went outside and the neighbor was moving and had set out a box with a bunch of canned foods in it and there was a container of salt unopened it was a ran right back in the house nice. <laughs> or one time the um the Giants uh won a World Series and I was I was on um I was on Valencia Street and I had to pass by I had to go past mission to get home and there was it was total madness and right. a giant crowd out and all these people partying and I was like man I wish I had a beer right now and these two guys danced up to me and handed me a beer and danced off <laughs> that's brilliant that's <laughs> and then one time my sister said you know I really one thing I really want to get is one of those those portable record players. And, and I went outside and there was a portable record player around the corner from my house. And I called her up. I'm like, I got your portable record player. <laughs> she said, what? <laughs> I think I, had, I was driving. I had just dropped her off at her house and then I parked and I parked in front of a portable record player. Someone was getting rid of. So I, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I figured out, you know, that manifesting, from from really paying attention to it and and looking yeah. around me too right well and the distinction you made between wish and want mm -hmm. uh, in the in the phrasing of it that seems pretty significant because mm -hmm. you're not focused on the lack you're you're focused on the actual uh creation of something yeah right that's so yeah. cool I, I totally believe that we can do that, that that's within our power to 
make things enter the physical realm. Uh, yeah, and then maybe get that gets back to that that personal God again. Yeah, you know, I, my 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 little brother's wife is a staunch atheist, and she's having these coincidences happen all the time. And I keep telling her that it's God. She's like, "No, it's not." <laughs> <laughs> What does she attribute it to? Just coincidence? Well, you know how the kids all say, oh, that was totally random. Instead of that was a coincidence. Um, Oh, they needed a a table and chair set. And she was telling me exactly what she wanted it to look like. And then they drove past somebody's house and they were getting rid of it on the street. Uh I'm like, well, that's that's God. She's like, no, it's not. (laughs) It's a coincidence. It's totally random. So weird. Yes. But I guess maybe that's your belief system there, right? Yeah, well that I mean that's kind of everything. Like people if you're invested that much in your your own belief system, then it's kind of hard to take on anyone else's no matter what the label is. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that that's part of the problem is that we limit our beliefs uh based on history on what has already happened. You know, we think it can only happen this way because that's how it's always happened. Oh, it's so hard to change that. Yeah, it's because it's deeply wired into us. And it's, the you know, our very first learning as humans is basically being told everything by someone else, you know? Yeah, and then you spend the rest of your life trying to unlearn it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or there relearn it or learn it in your own way. Yeah, reframe it maybe. Right. for babies to be safe and just left to explore like let them you know go do your thing and figure some stuff out and then mm-hmm. you won't you won't die uh, but and i think there is a way i think it's like having a, a village of people to look after the kids i think yeah. that's one way to do it so that yeah, they actually true. are safe but they can 
roam and, and make some discoveries on their own. Yeah, they say it's really important to have a, a lot of different different role models so people can figure out, you know, say their their parents are kind of booky um, bookworms and yeah. the kid is super athletic, but then they've got a an uncle who's athletic. They have that they ha- they have somebody to to follow or guide them. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, the more the more options you have to choose from, the more likely you'll find what you're looking for. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I think that makes sense. And it and I wish that were more that were discussed more, and especially for new parents, like right. You know, don't just because I I probably fell into that sort of oh we got to keep her safe. Well, you know, my girl was was had some issues right from the start. So, and wasn't eating well, it wasn't thriving. So mm. we had a fair amount of like legitimate concern about her well being mm-hmm. uh, right, right from the beginning. And mm. I think it set the tone of, of the first few years of her life where it was like, we weren't meaning to be, you know, to shelter her or be super helicopter parents or anything, but I think I probably did some of that. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and she what she didn't um, she didn't speak to very many people in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if she had language, she didn't. She would sort of interact with us. Mm-hmm. We would be the intermediaries, mm-hmm. um, but that may have held her back ultimately. You know, from doing it on her own, and uh, and it might still be something that you know we have a we have really close relationships within our immediate family. Mm-hmm. She's very well loved and has, you know, a, a handful of people that she's super close to. But I think it is harder for her to reach out into the the bigger world because we didn't give her a ton of that mm. exposure early on. And she's uh, just finishing her first year of college. Yeah, she got home last night. Wow. Yeah. Oh, she's she's branching out. Yeah, I mean, she's doing. She's she's impressing us all and probably herself uh, with, with what she's taken on, uh, you know, living far from home and, uh, after having never even had, I mean, she probably had three sleepovers in her whole life. She never wanted to be away from home and her own bed and her, Mm uh, so yeah, she's, she's doing it. She's come a long way, but I, you know, in retrospect, I wish that I had been a little bit more, uh, well, like myself, I mean, the way that I was as a kid, mm-hmm. I just was all over the place. I would, I, you know, I had loving parents, but I, they also had no idea what I was doing most of the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we come from a different generation though. Yeah. No, we're, we're not as sheltered. We just, yeah. Yeah. When, when I was a kid, I grew up on a ranch in Stinson beach and oh, wow. we, there were, it was me, me and my brother Virgil and, two kids next door, Cannon and Case Hudson. And we would disappear for the whole entire day. And Case and Virgil were three years old and we'd be up in the, in the woods with the, there was a wolf and a fox and we'd see wow. mountain lions sometimes. And <laughs> so awesome. now kids don't even walk down the street by themselves. So it's a different world. And, and your, your daughter is, not going to be that different from a lot of these kids that have grown up in the pandemic. 
Right. My my little brother, Dexter, he and his wife had a kid during the pandemic and probably when it was a year and a half old, it would he would cry if he if you looked at him. <laughs> no. He was only used to his immediate family. Weird. Yeah. Every, everybody's a stranger. Yeah. He's, the masks he, the masks are part of their face. Right. It, it is interesting to see how he's branched out from that. Now he's great. And and when he goes to a party now, he just picks a person like, okay, there's my person for the day. <laughs> right. Home base. And, yeah, but it's it's usually a stranger. And he'll be like, all right, we're going to hang out. So. Huh. That's so interesting. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm really curious to see how, like, if there's an entire generation that's going to be raised with this different way of viewing outsiders or others. Or, um, yeah, they might be I, more comfortable being online. Probably, yeah. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to look at the positive sides of it. Maybe they'll do better being alone, too. Like, I, you know, a lot of people have a hard time with being by themselves. Yeah. Uh, maybe this sort of forced isolation will will give people that ability. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that's... <laughs> it's hard to say what's good about it, but... Um, <laughs> it's got to be something. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, I think in the long run, certainly there's something major will come out of this. So yeah. we are in that, in that shift right now, as you said. Um, yeah. But who knows what how how long that will take to play out, and what how much more of the you know scary stuff we have to see in the meantime. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll find out. There's that unknown we were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, do you? Well, now I'm curious. I want to hear more about your childhood growing growing up in the run around in the woods with your little bro. Um. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, my parents both grew up in Southern California. They lived in Orange County when it was Orange Groves. (laughs) Oh, wow. And they moved up to San Francisco to go to the San Francisco Art Institute. And my parents graduated and my dad went to upstate New York to go to Alfred University for graduate school. And I was born there. My dad only went for one semester. They moved back to California and my dad started teaching at the Art Institute. And we lived in the city maybe for a year, something like that. Okay. Maybe a little bit longer. And then uh, there was a, teacher from the art institute who was was renting a place on a ranch in Stinson Beach so my parents went and looked at it and my dad said I I got out of the car and rolled in the grass and my and they were like yep I guess this is where we're going oh wow <laughs> so, so you chose it what's you that chose, so you chose it I, cho- I think I chose it yeah it was <laughs> it, it was um it was such a beautiful place it was the we were in the last house before you went over Mount Tam when you leave, oh, wow. leave Stinson Beach. There's a big switchback when you, before you go into the woods, and we were right yeah. there. That's and amazing. So we lived there with um, another artist couple next door 
Robert Hudson and Cornelia Schultz, and they had two boys. So the four of us just kind of ran wild in the, you know, ran around in the barn and walked through the pastures with the cows and went, you know, went up the Dipsy yeah. Trail and, um, yeah, that was our backyard. Um, Amazing. I'm trying. I'm trying to picture what that would be like in the seventies. <laughs> it was it... pretty crazy. We we went to school in Bolinas. Okay. Um, that we had to get on the bus and drive all the way over there, um, and so they had apparently during that time they had the best art program in the whole nation, and I, that's all I wanted to do was was be in the art studio. Uh -huh. So we were, we were like airbrushing and using band saws. I was soldering jewelry when I was like eight. Wow. <laughs> they had a, yeah, they had a wood shop and they had a ceramic studio, jewelry making. It's amazing. All sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was really fun. It was, it was so like cool. kind of dabbled in all these different art forms. And then when I was in high school, I, uh, I was going to the main high school and I was miserable. And I told my parents, I said, I'm going to go to the alternative high school or I'm going to drop out. And they said, all right, go to the alternative high school. It was called SWAS, stood for school within a school. It was at uh, Drake High in San Anselmo. And, uh, and it was full of heavy metal kids, hippies and punks. And it was it was great. And it actually was housed within another functioning high school? Yeah. Yeah. It was its own building. And the teachers taught multiple, there were four teachers and they taught multiple um, classes, different. So the math teacher was also teaching the photography class and uh -huh. um, the French teacher would teach something else. They were, they were great. They were, they felt more like, friends than teachers which was yeah. was really nice and yeah, so we had like that in ann arbor called community high oh. it was very similar my brother went there and i i wish i had gone my parents wouldn't let me because it had a reputation of being a burnout school uh -huh. and I, I guess i'd already shown signs of becoming a burnout <laughs> <laughs> they said nope it's not for you but it but it was yeah it was the best art and music program in the state and and the teachers you know were on first name basis and with the kids and uh it sounds very similar to what you're talking about yeah lens and it was great yeah our school was seen as a burnout school too but they actually um gave us a lot of responsibilities so the the kids had to teach the the pe classes and oh. and it was great um one kid had a uh a fly fishing class we would just stand on the bridge right next to the school and <laughs> oh learn how to cast and and then uh frisbee football it was there it was good it, people were responsible yeah well ch i mean ch child-led education is a real thing and it actually works yeah you, know, you let the let people choose what they want to learn they're going to be much happier learning it oh yeah it's like I used to play soccer and when there wasn't a ref everyone would just police themselves if there was a ref they'd mouth off or right or 
Don't tell me what to do. Exactly. Terrible call. Uh -huh. so, so is that where you discovered photography? Yeah. Swass? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is like magic. And you know, you were talking earlier about the ordering an Amazon box and and it comes right away and there's no kind of magic in the waiting part for yeah. that. Um, I, I kind of feel like digital photography is a little bit like that. Like there's totally. something about analog when you, you know, you have a roll of film in your camera for, I don't know, a week, two weeks. And, and, you know, most people used to have a roll of film in their camera for like a year. Totally. <laughs> right. And that'd take another six months to get it processed. Right. Exactly. And, and and then you know you'd finally develop them and then you're like oh I remember that and that and or there were things that you didn't remember and there was there was something in that in that lag in that in that time that that gave you that distance maybe that's that distance we keep talking about yeah um, but it allows for wonder and uh, curiosity and yeah and um, excitement. Excitement, yeah. The surprise of did I, you know, did I get the shot? Did I get the, the shot I was trying to? And, right, right. Or the accidental one, you know. Right, right. Sometimes but, mistakes end up being better than the things that you were trying to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, I, I wish. I agree. I mean, I'm I've have converted over to digital uh, myself just because it's just the the ease. The you know, it's I don't have a lab and I don't right. But I still do have film cameras and I have a few rolls of film, uh, one of which I've had for months. Uh -huh. and, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, and I'm excited about it. like when I get that developed, I'm really going to have no idea what's on it. Yeah, and it'll yeah. be cool. Even if there's just one one good shot in the roll, it'll mm -hmm. still be worthwhile. Right. Uh, but I agree that like having with anything, anything that is just immediately arrives in front of you it takes a lot of the joy out of it. It takes so much of the, I don't know, it, 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 to me, it makes it much less valuable, right? Right. When you get it, it's sort of like, well, here it is done. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it, you know, if you take that roll of film to get it developed and you get prints, those prints are a, now like a tangible thing, right. You know, and, and when I was in school, a photograph was considered this two-dimensional flat thing, but now they're considered objects. Right. Because they're, because they exist in the world. Right. <laughs> you can touch them. Happen. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. It is. Yeah. So do you still, do you still, I know you still take pictures, but do you, do you still pursue photography as an art form? Yeah. I, um, things are slow. I've got, so many things going on and I have to say having a kid I don't even barely have the, the mind space for it yeah. <laughs> um I I have a couple of projects I'm working on that have that are they're going slow but but they're going um cool the art world world feels kind of like this strange place that I can't relate to at the moment so I'm kind of stepping back from it and um and I'll re-enter when it feels like it's it's a little more hospitable. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Do, do you have places where you can do that? Like, could you have a show if you wanted? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Definitely. Well, I look forward to that yeah. someday. I'll let you know when, when I'm yeah, ready. Please do. <laughs> um, well, I don't really want to stop talking, uh, but I, I'm, I do have to start to wrap up. Yeah. Really soon. But uh, what else would you want to, what else do we not get to that you'd like to talk about? Was there anything more about my childhood you wanted to know about? Well, I love I, I love all childhood stories. I mean, are there are there things that you can access that uh, maybe illustrate more, like how you became who you are, or um, you know what I mean? Like, are there are there memories of events or specific incidences that like led you to be the person that you are <laughs> too big a question or too weird right. a question. Uh, well both my parents are artists and they're they're exact opposites of each other my <laughs> mom is an extreme introvert my dad's an extreme extrovert and i i spend a lot of time trying to be an extrovert because our society kind of celebrates the extroverts but i'm i'm really more introverted and i think that's probably why i took chose photography like to be behind the camera instead mm -hmm. of in front of it and my brother virgil is he's more of an extrovert and you know i remember people saying oh isn't it strange to see your brother up on stage and i was like no that's how he's been his whole life <laughs> <laughs> trying to entertain yeah and um and so I, I i grew up with a dad who was an art teacher and we always had people from all over the world staying at our house and um, it was really entertaining and and my dad uh has add and he can't stop moving so when we were kids he, he just works, works, works all the time. And every summer, just about every summer, he would get either a residency or he would teach a workshop someplace and we would go. And I think that was so exciting. Um, it, hold on. Okay. You know what? What do you, what do you got? Okay. Thank you very much. He said it's three minutes till 11. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> I love how he whispered. It's very thoughtful. So we would go on these trips and, and it was so fun because we would, we would stay somewhere. So, you, you know, when you go on a vacation and you, you just get like the topical version of a place. Yeah. We would stay there and then the locals would take us places or um, it was, it was really fun. And, you know, when you're a kid, you, you grow up and what you have is what you know, and you don't really question it until later. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's kind of strange. You know, like I, I had a student at the Art Institute who grew up in this incredibly wealthy family in Texas. And the the person who cut everyone's hair would come to their ranch and cut everyone's hair. And she just thought that was normal. And it wasn't until she went off to college, she was like, oh. 
<laughs> this is weird. <laughs> I'm in here. I don't have on-call hairstylist. Exactly. That's yeah. So, so yeah, it is weird when you until you compare your life to somebody else's. Yeah. Yeah. We always that. had because my dad's an extrovert. He, you know, he likes having a lot of people around, and there were always people staying at our house and visiting and. Um, and it, it was, it was a lively childhood. That Definitely sounds cool. Lively. Yeah. And then you both, you and your brother both became artists. And, uh, yeah. I think, and I don't, I know Case, but I don't know his brother. They, I know Case is an artist. Yeah. Is his brother and as well. His brother is too. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. My, um, my, all my grandparents were artists they all went to the Chicago Art Institute and they all took a class from my great grandfather. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we're, uh, the Shaws are all completely left brain. The right brain is probably like the size of a pea or something, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Do you, do you actually find that? Like, do you, does the family have difficulty with, with that sort of thinking? Yeah, yeah logic-based yeah. stuff yeah yeah we're we're not we reading's a little bit hard for us it's a chore uh -huh. um spelling forget it uh, <laughs> 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 my brother's been been making these cartoons lately and they're so funny yeah and i love it i've been following them i love it they're so funny and and he sends me the dirty ones that that instagram doesn't get um that are really funny but I'm going to have to get him up to the, <laughs> the special reserve uh, Virgil drawings. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he, he has to get up in the middle of the night because he wakes up thinking about one and he, you hear him out there drawing. Uh, I love that. <laughs> that makes me happy to, to envision that. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And he's still writing lots of music, right? Yep. Performing. Yep. Getting back out there and playing after after a bit of a hiatus being locked in the house for a couple of years yeah yeah that must feel good yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah um well shoot i i mean i feel like i could keep talking for another hour plus i know but... me too <laughs> and we can <laughs> if you want if you want to pick it up another time and revisit some things um or we could do another one or we could yeah yeah we can just do another whole episode yeah all right, cool. Well, let's do that. Let's leave leave it here for now, if you don't mind. That's good. I gotta go walk some doggies. Okay. And um, but it was really great talking to you. You too. I would love to uh, do it again on or off line. Sounds good. And we'll uh, find a time to come by and get those magazines from you. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I think he'll. I think he might be into them. It's like a lot of race cars and stuff. Oh, he would love that. Cool looking, uh, and I have stacks of them. Oh, good. Big box if you want them. Okay. <laughs> cool. All well, right. Well, thanks so much, Alice. Yeah. And, Thank uh, you. I'll, I'll let you know as it comes together and when it's going to go live and everything. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Thank you, Alice. All right. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening, everybody. That was my old pal, Alice Shaw. Um, so she has, well, first of all, she's a great photographer. You should go check out her photography, alisshawphoto.com. Um, secondly, she and her friend Lisa, who she mentioned, um, do these amazing, uh, I don't know, is it fair to call them forecasts? I don't know. They're clairvoyant readings and they're, uh, very hopeful and meaningful and thoughtful and interesting and just cool so go check those out um you can find them on youtube Uh, just search for pivot workshops and you'll find the two of them um and maybe bring some insight into your lives it's a it's a pretty cool gift and i think we all could work on our own abilities in that regard and probably sharpen our tuning forks or whatever metaphor you want that, that's not a, that's not even a real thing but <clears throat> I'm saying it I'm going to sharpen my tuning forks um, both their abilities to to vibrate and send and receive sound but also I'm going to sharpen them into weapons and uh, so watch out because I'm part-time ninja but uh i'm i mean very part-time i got a lot of other stuff going on but uh so anyway thank you very much alice for coming on it was great talking to you um you are a a shining light even through a computer with no video i still could sense your presence so um so thank you for that and thanks for talking and thank you all for listening and um, I'm going to be making some changes pretty soon to my Patreon. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Um, over at patreon.com slash I love you anyway, you will find that um, I have a handful of patrons supporting me through a membership arrangement where they give a bit of money each month and I give them pieces of artwork and uh, music and various other things and um, you could be one of those people too so um, you can go check it out but I am going to soon change it to accommodate all budgets so you could just be a member at any level you want um, there will be a range from like one dollar to infinity and if you give me infinity dollars then you're going to get a lot of rewards But um, and if you give me a dollar a month you'll still get some rewards and everywhere in between. So, you know, just keep that in mind for the future. But I'm going to get it going one of these days after I finish juggling what I'm juggling. And uh, I love you. So, yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye.